This episode of Explicit Answers is brought to you by DrawYouPicture.com, where you can get just about anything drawn for pretty darn cheap by me or Jen. Jen's a lot cheaper. I, I don't draw. That's why it's cheaper. Go over there, seriously. Check it out. See what I've done for others and see what I could do for you. Ministries, families, businesses, your mom. DrawYourPicture.com. Also brought to you in part by GoDaddy.com, where the pod name, code name, 121, will save you money on your next domain name. The heck with it this week. The world needs answers. We can help. Explicit Answers. Hi, welcome to episode uh, six. It's Explicit Answers brought to you the week of October 12, 2010. I'm James. And I'm Jen. And we are the Wonder Twins. Activate real quick. Come um, on. No, we're not Wonder Form Twins. Form of water. <laughs> no, I'm not activating anything. Can we be the dynamic duo? We could be, but we don't really We are fit. the dynamic duo of answering your questions. Yeah, we are. That's what we're going to do here today. But first, I want to find out what you think of what I'm holding in my hand right now. Um, For our audience, he's holding in his hand a Scripture Man puppet that he made. Out of what? Out of paper. And sheer force of will. I really just used a color printer and a popsicle stick and some You play it down. You play it down. This is genius. It's it's pretty cool. But um, I really don't want it involved in the show. I would really like to use him to communicate to you throughout (laughs) the entirety of the show. Um, No. Why not, Miss Jen? <laughs> Stop it. Put it away. I love you in Uh-oh. an unnatural way. Okay. Goodbye, man. In the way only compressed fibers can. Goodbye. I used to be a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Dang it. You're so weird. I thought that was really going to work. Anyway, uh, right into your questions. Okay. Let's do it. My questions. What do you have? I don't have any questions. Then let's get into Mike P's questions. He's okay. a rapper, apparently. I know that compromise in a marriage is crucial. I don't know that it is. It is crucial. It is. Is it? Is it? Because you can't you can't always have your own way. Yeah, but that's just being whooped. I think being whooped is crucial. Oh, my gosh. What? You're a dork. Look me in the eye and tell me. I have not whooped you, James. I see what? you can't do it. <laughs> no, I haven't whooped you. I feel a little whooped. Really, you do? How so? Explicitly whooped. That is no. Just I weird. I've learned. I, you know, most guys would call it whooped. I've learned that there are parts of my life, my dreams, I've had to let just die. Like what? Like my dreams of singleness and, and dating <laughs> supermodels. That dream is over. What? I'm not a supermodel? Oh, yes, you are. Okay, thanks. All right, move on. <laughs> Let's go back to the question. I know compromise is a, in a marriage is crucial. For example, I love watching football. For three years of my marriage, we had discussions, quote-unquote, about me sitting on my butt and watching sports. Uh, we have a compromise now, which is if everything seems put together at the house and the kids are all happy, it's football time. And this works well for us. You know who that works works well for? The wife. Yeah. It also what? works well for the husband because she's not getting on to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on the other hand, I could also say football that football is like a three or four hour game. So yeah. Well, it's I a get. Long that's time. what I was saying though. If he, if he's uh, if he if he's just sitting there and can watch a game and all hell's breaking loose in his house, then which is usually the case yeah. with football. Yeah. Football. I I wouldn't give anything. 
I wouldn't give a particle of my toenail for football. I know, but but it's a similar thing that you do with the computer. You can't have my computer. I don't want your computer. Okay. I just want the house to be happy before you play with it. Why are you talking so quietly well, right I'm now? I'm sorry. Do you realize that you do the opposite on podcasts that you do on cell phones? No, I talk too quiet instead of talking too loud. What? I'm sorry, huh? <laughs> I said I talk too quiet instead of talking too yeah, loud. Yeah, Cell phones, it's exactly the opposite, but it's okay. I'm not picking on you. I'm picking at you. Yeah, that still hurts. Oh, sorry. Well, anyway, I often see, however, an, an healthy unhealthy lopsided approach to this compromise which in one way one party um usually the husband always seems to be sacrificing for the other these couples claim to have such a peaceful relationship with barely barely any quarrels or disagreements but the person not saying anything is standing there being looked at like a sad lost abused puppy what are your thoughts on compromise in marriage and what approach do you take as a couple okay, okay. i want you to understand that the first two paragraphs mm-hmm were him admitting that his wife hits him, mm-hmm. beats him. He's like a sad puppy. He is. And then the last bit is the question. I was tempted to cut the rest of it because Mike was admitting some things that he probably shouldn't admit. But I think on a deeper level, what Mike's saying is his mom wasn't there for him. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. What I'm saying is he's right. Mm-hmm. I want to debate this with you a little bit. Okay, go ahead. Let me hear your side. Men, I can't do it. <laughs> Why? Because I, all right, I'm strategic. That's one of my talents, right? Okay. I just read the Strengths Finder 2.0, uh-huh. and I think things through to the end instantly. Yeah, you do. And I just did it. And what was <laughs> the, the end? whole argument? The end, you're in trouble. Was that you give more <laughs> than I do, even on your easiest day. Meaning I do more so you don't have an argument? Yeah. Oh, okay. That yeah. your life is a living sacrifice. You're yeah. like Jesus Christ without the nail marks mm. and a lot better looking, hopefully. <laughs> You're weird. And I, I, me getting anything is a privilege just to be married with, to you. So that's what I came to. And I, that could be that I'm whooped. I like to think that I just am really, really madly in love with you. Thank you. So Mike... I'm going to answer your questions like this. My thought on compromise is whoever compromises the most wins. Whoever gives the most loves the most. It's not 50-50. That's a lie. It's 100% giving of self. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not keep score. Wrong or right. Doesn't keep track of how much it did versus how much she did. Whoever gives the most wins. So there you go. Dang. Mm. I didn't even get to argue. I was ready to argue. <laughs> I know, I you was like, too. You skipped the whole debate just, thing. I told you, I went straight to the end. People were waiting for the debate, <laughs> and I didn't even get to say a word. Well, what are your thoughts? How about that? Um, my, I, I do have one thought. Okay. I will throw one thought out there All right. on the guy's side, um, just to help Mike out a little bit. Good, because he might be getting whooped. I think that... You know, women and men are different in the idea that men do need a little bit of decompression time. They do. And like you spend yours either watching a movie or on the computer or sometimes both. But, you know, a lot of guys... At the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys watch football. Or they go to the pot. It's true. Okay. (laughs) It's sometimes the only place we can go where people will leave us the freak alone happily. Okay. But girls don't talk about such things. They talk while they're doing such things. Mm, no, they don't. They do too. How 
would you know? Because they do. Ugh. I've never asked another man for toilet paper in my life. How many times have you done mm. it? Not men, women. Not usually. But you have. Usually it's uh, not. Yeah. You have. Don't tell me you've gotten off, crawled under, and come up the other no. side. I know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, finish anyway, your point. Th- so I do think it is important, you know, especially if your husband's working really hard during the week. And while it's not the same thing as what you have to do with the kids and the housework is never ending and your mm-hmm. job is never over, um, I think there is a certain amount of, you know, that that you're going to get more out of him if you can give him a little bit of peace time. Exactly. And if there is some, An investment. something that he loves, then, you know, letting him have a little bit of time is uh, is a good thing. That being said, men will abuse yeah, and Stuff some like and some people watch football all day Saturday and all day Sunday. So I mean, yeah, that's that's a little much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and compromise is important. It is huge, but it's not compromise. It's sacrifice. Compromise is when somebody takes something from you and you do, you you unwillingly. Compromise means nobody's happy. Like sharing with yeah, kids. Yeah, she gives, you give. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice is when you say, you know what, I love football, but I love you more. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Mike. Don't ever write into my show again, boy. <laughs> You're a hating this, ain't you? <laughs> That's what the show's called, Explicit Answers. We got it going on today. I'm just Call feeling spry. Hateful answers. Hate you. <laughs> Hate your answers. Hate your questions. No, good question, though. But I don't know, man. I, I've been where you are, dude. And I have found that freedom to – matter of fact, I've got a, a page on one of my old blogs, uh, Geek Loves Nerd, where it's I found the secret to free time. For men, and it is doing every single thing possible for your wife to the point that she she begs you, please, you work too hard. I love you. I love you. I love you. Take some time off, and that's that's what you do, and you jump up any second she needs anything, and I don't know. It just works out, and and like Jen said, with the ladies, when you invest in your man and you give him just a little bit, and he feels free for a little while, he's going to be that much more uh, willing to reciprocate. Mm-hmm. But when you're both fighting for what is right for you in a relationship, then both of you feel defensive because you're against the other person rather than giving all your free time to the other. And nobody's going to win in that. No. Because you're never going to have enough. It's compromise, yeah, instead of sacrifice. But when you give yourself away and and your job is to totally care for them and then likewise because your relationship is based on mutual trust, she is completely sold out on on serving you and taking care of you as well. Both of you mutually submitting to each other in a godlike one-on-one relationship, each of you get taken care of not by yourself and not in spite of the other person but because of the other person. It's just like that in our family every day. Oh, it is. It's just perfect. <laughs> it's getting there, though, ain't it? It's, it is. It's better. It's a lot better. It's a lot better since I lost my arm and can't work and I just have to <laughs> hobble around. Why do I Where hobble? Where did that come from? I lost my arm, not my leg. And you're a pastor, so if you lost your arm, you could still I could work. preach with my other hand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the deaf people. I'm just going to offend everyone. Oh, my it God. It sucks to be, do, be a signing pastor and lose your arms. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't Let's know. Let's move on. Uh, we had a one-armed pastor growing up, so it's all good. Mm. Dear James and Jen, before Thanksgiving last year, I had a falling out with my friend and roommate at college. Sadly, it was mostly my fault, isn't it always? God exposed a lot of my own ignorance and wrong thinking, which I'm grateful for, but I regret that it hurt a close friend in the process. 
We talked about the whole situation very little, and I confessed how deeply sorry I was and how she um, and, and she shared a few of her feelings. But from then on, we mostly lived in an awkward, silent tension. Well, summer's gone, and I'm back at school with a different roommate, so I don't see this person as much as last year. But we go to the same church. I dread any interaction with her, even though she's been very kind and polite to me. I think I'm bitter towards her, which doesn't make sense because it was really my fault. Maybe I'm just trying to soothe my own guilt by blaming her. Anyway, lately I've thought about having an honest talk with her so I can tell her how I feel and finally know how she feels instead of having to guess. But I doubt that it's really what God wants or if it's just my uh, own thoughts and feelings. I mean, that's how this whole mess got started in the first place. I arrogantly thought I knew the mind and will of God and shamelessly burst on the scene to tell this girl what, quote-unquote, God wanted her to do without even consulting him myself. Now at least... Now I'm waiting for an answer. Coincidentally, the first sermon I heard at school this year was about the unity of the church. Maybe I'm just overthinking this and grossly exaggerating its importance. Should I snap out of it, forget the past, and just ask God to help me to be more friendly and loving in the future? Or should I seek closure in an honest conversation with her? I uh, I don't hope that I could ever restore the relationship, but it might give me peace. Um, but what if our conversation doesn't change anything or should I just take the easy way out and leave my church? Sorry for the long email. Thanks for the time you took to read it. Sincerely, Lena. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts on this. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place. Do you want me to start? Go ahead. First of all, I'm a little unsure if she even knows how she feels about the situation. Is she still mad at the girl? Because she said she was frustrated but she's admitting it's her fault, but then mm-hmm. she's frustrated with the yeah, girl. Yeah, that, that's conflicting emotions. Yeah. It, how can you be angry at someone else when you've already admitted it was mostly your fault? Here's what I think that's coming from. I think it's because she thought when she uh, asked the girl to forgive her and they had a conversation, the thing was, would go back to normal. And she's angry that she has lost the relationship. And I'm, I'm sorry to say the relationship's over. It's gone. Yeah. And that's why you're bitter towards her. It's your own bitterness. It's not towards anybody. It's a seed of bitterness in your soul. And it probably comes out to other people too. That's my guess. So that's something you and God need to take care of. That's not between you and her. It's between you and God. I generally think when you want to talk to somebody to make yourself feel better, it probably won't go well. But... Can you not hear me? No, you're just talking real quiet. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Well, I was there just you go. thinking and talking. No, I um, I think that that when you when your aim with a conversation like that is to make yourself feel better, yep. you, it, it may not come out the way you want, and it may actually make things worse. It's always going to make things worse when yeah. you're conver- You need to leave her alone. That's the truth. She's fine. You're the yeah. one that's not fine, and you don't want to talk to her to help her. You want to talk to her to help you. And again, that's because your issue is not between the two of you, because that would be a mutual thing. It's you against her, and it's not really against her. It's against yourself. It's something you and a counselor, or you and a best friend, and don't be naming names. Just tell somebody how you feel and let it out. Forgive yourself and move on. Mm-hmm. It's awkward because you're seeing her every time, but I think it's awkward because it's just going to be. Yeah. I mean, who knows what you did? Um, you were probably very judgmental and mean and angry and hateful. Um, you know, it's probably one of those things where we're, we're, we're glad the girl's, you know, still going to church. <laughs> but uh, you tried to play God. You tried to play the Holy Spirit. It bit you. 
and you learn from it, but you haven't quite learned enough. You got to finish the lesson. And the lesson is um, that when you plant seeds, good or bad, they grow. Mm-hmm. And this is the effects of that. So everybody's been forgiven. Everything's fine. But now it's time to forget. And if you need to go to counseling to do that, do it. If you need to talk to your mom and dad, do it. But I would suggest, and I think Jen agrees, leave the girl alone. Mm-hmm. It is not going to make things better. No, if you've already apologized, unless you apologized and you didn't mean it. But no, but even then. Even then, yeah, it doesn't, there's, there's really nothing else to be said. This is the truth. You talking to anybody is going to make you feel better about it. Anybody, as long as you're not gossiping. If You don't need to talk to her. You don't need to know how she feels. She probably doesn't care anymore. She's moved on. Okay? So, I would, again, find a parent, find a pastor, sit down and talk about it, pray through, ask God to completely um, convince you, uh, you know, of, of your part in it. Make sure there's nothing left in there that you, you're just holding on to. Because you may have forgiven yourself, but have you forgiven her? There you go. That's it right there. And uh, another thing, too, I want to bring up that I'm pretty sure she said, and correct me if I'm wrong, that um, she uh, um, she thought she knew God's will for this girl's life. Mm-hmm. That's a real dangerous thing to, to do. She God, yeah. Yeah, just um, in general. It's not a good idea to tell people what, what you think God's will for them is. Mm-mm. Concentrate on your own. That's not our job. God's will for your own self. Yeah. So, yep. The only role we play in that is confirmation of what God's already telling somebody. And usually, when we when we play that role, we're not really giving them advice. We're judging and we're trying to convince them. And it and it's maybe out of a pure heart mm-hmm. initially. I want to save them from drama. Most of the time, it's just I want to save them from dating the guy I like. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, hey, explicit answers. My name's Jenna. Hey, we like that name. And I have a question for you about my sons. They're age five and nine, and both of them are very academically gifted, but they despise reading. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It has come to a point where the words reading time sparks tears and arguments, and the youngest refuses to even read the small words of menus. I know this could affect them later in life, and I'm starting to worry. How do you encourage your kids to read, and do you have any suggestions on saving my son's reading levels? Jenna B., this is going to be really hard to answer. You know why? Why? We don't know how old these kids are. Five and nine. Did she say that? Did she? Ages five and nine. It's in the very uh, beginning. Okay, thank you. That's why I have All you right. on the show. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, the Jen, Jen the genius over there. Okay, so five and nine. Both of them hate to read. What do you think? Um, my fr- initial thing would be the best way to get a kid to do something they don't want to do is to... Um, Hit them. Explicit answers. <laughs> what? Um, is positive reinforcement. Figure ah. out something that they really want and and say, okay, you read for 10 minutes, you get this. Or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever behavior you're trying to get out of them. The other thing is, you know, do they hate what they're reading? If, if they're advanced readers, is there stuff they could read? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Find something they really want to read. Yeah, is there stuff they can read that's appropriate for them? But, um, tra- but- tra- have someone professionally transcribe Ben 10? And make them read the script. Ben 10 is a 
popular, you know, Bakugan, any of these guys, oh. have them transcribe it and don't let them watch television. <laughs> Trick them. Mm-hmm. If you want to know what's hip, you've got to read. No. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say a balance of both. You got your positive reinforcement and you got your negative reinforcement. I, I also believe in consequences. That way, there's a current heading from both ways. There's the punishments pushing them toward goodness, and then there's the benefits pulling them toward goodness. It may seem ridiculous to bribe kids to do something they should do anyway, but... But if you're trying to get them to like it... Yeah, our our job as parents is to exaggerate the consequences and the rewards of good behavior. And so that's what you're doing. When my daughter first started potty training, we gave her a Skittle every time she tinkled in the potty. She's five now. Does she still get a Skittle every time she pees? <laughs> no. No, I do. <laughs> You're dark. No. But uh, we, but she, you know, that would be ridiculous to keep rewarding her now. She just does it. And there'll, there'll come a day and the Skittles will run out and the kids will just want to read. Um, the other thing I'd, I'd worry about is are they as advanced as you maybe think they are? Every parent thinks they're, especially white parents, think their kids are geniuses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, are they allowed to do things that are fun playing outside? I'm going to assume that you're a balanced parent with your head on straight, but, um, I also have this concept in my family of minimum requirements. They're going to meet those. If they don't exceed them, that's fine. I'm going to bribe them to, I'm going to hope that they do exceed them. But if the teacher says 20 minutes a day, that's the bare minimum. If they puff up and cry and holler and scream, go to your room, sit on your bed. Your book is here in the living room. When you're done, come in here and read. But by God, you're going to read 20 minutes before you go to bed tonight. And if they don't do it, then the consequences kick in. And the trick to consequences is they have to outweigh the um, benefits of misbehavior. As a concept I've explained on other podcasts, but basically there's a reward involved to a child in their world to disobeying you. And the reward is, I don't have to read. So there's a certain amount of stuff me as a child I'm willing to put up with in order to attain that benefit. If you say, well, fine, but you're not going to watch TV. Well, that's fine. Cool. Good. I still don't have to read. Well, that's obviously not a good enough punishment. Well, you're going to go to bed without dinner. Well, that's okay. We had meatloaf. I hate that anyhow. So that's cool. I'm not going to read. I'm still going to pitch a fit. You've got to find whatever it is that outweighs the benefit. I'm going to chop off all of your limbs. (laughs) I might need those. I'm going to read. Okay. Obviously not that extreme or explicit, but um, find out what it is. With teenagers, you know what irritates them? Taken off their door. <laughs> yeah. It's like the best idea in the world. Or take away their cell phone. Yeah. Oh. Um, I knew a parent that had to just strategically, day by day, take things out of the child's room until all they had was a change of clothes and a mattress and a pillow and sheets. All of their benefits, all of their toys, until they started minding. And you think that's cruel, but how cruel is it to let a child grow up thinking that they are the boss and that being a butt is going to get them what they want in life. Okay, it will. But they won't be happy. <laughs> no. They'll be empty. And they'll <laughs> they, die alone. They will not be good people, though. <laughs> exactly. Nobody will love them genuinely. Okay? So, um, point still stands. One one more suggestion is um, reading to them. Mm-hmm. That's always, you know, the oh. big suggestion all the way through. I think that's but why they, our kid loves it. Yeah. Both that, of them. Our, our kids love to be read They to. love books. They, they'll just walk around with books. Mm-hmm. Because at an early age, we would snuggle up with them. And they, the same reason why they love praying. 
is we, 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 we made it a big cuddle thing and a fun mm-hmm. thing. And every third time I read the book that they wanted me to reread one more time, I would make up words and joke about it. And that's not right. And they've got to memorize. It means Jules got a piggy. I'm like, and I'd always make it a cow or something. That's not a cow. <laughs> you know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Sorry, baby scripture man. You have to go back to sleep. Jen hates you. I do. So I hope that helps, Genevieve. Dear James and Jen, for a long time, Christians everywhere have gasped and held their breath when the words Harry Potter were uttered. (gasps) And now we're coming to the climax of the entire series. Oh, excited? It's coming. I mean, there's it's the yeah. last movie's two parts. Oh, I'm I'm thrilled. Okay, half, half the Christians just turn off the podcast. Uh, hang in oh, there. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm not thrilled. I hate it's it. It's not a Christian show. Yeah. Uh, when 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 the books were all the rage, my parents were on the side of we don't even read or watch these things, and my siblings weren't even that interested anyway. But now that we're older, and one of us has even gone off to college, my parents have been fine with me and my older siblings watching the movies, and I thoroughly enjoy them. Isn't that the way parents are? Mm-hmm. They're all hot and heavy about stuff, and then the young kids come along, and it's like, ah, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever. We don't even care anymore. Get into the witchcraft. It's okay. <laughs> it's not like taking the kids to church helped them. Look at this college kid. <laughs> Look at his Facebook page. Anyway, my parents have been fine with it. My sister has even read all the books. In less than two weeks, I might add. I believe it. Mm-hmm. I could do it. But whenever I start to say the word, I get interrupted by some 10-year-old kid whose parents haven't seen any of the movies or read the books just because it's witchcraft. Don't get me wrong. I know the Bible says explicitly not to practice, worship, or follow witchcraft. So is Harry Potter ever evil? For me, I think that Harry Potter falls in the fantasy side of things, and I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I would agree with that completely. If you compare it to something like Lord of the Rings or the Narnia Chronicles, then there are a ton of similarities between the books, and I would agree with that too. In Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, people get possessed, but um, but Harry Potter always gets the bad rap, just because, in my opinion, it's from a secular writer. On the other hand, as far as we know, uh, on the other hand, Christians adore Lord of the Rings, though it isn't that magic-heavy per se. Yes, it flippin' is. There's a demon in everything, a Balrog. Yeah, that's actually and, a lot more harsh. Yeah. Um, uh, per se, by the way, I also love Lord of the Rings, so do we. Uh, my first contact with one such child, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to skip down. He's just talking about how he got criticized to death. I think Harry Potter is fine to watch and read as long as I'm not drawing with sticks in the mud while trying to channel super magicalness out of me, right? So basically what I'm trying to say is I run into a ton of people who are like, Harry Potter is dumb. Harry Potter is blah, blah, blah. At school, the interwebs, and everything. And I'd like to know your honest opinion about the Harry Potter movies, books, Lego sets, etc. <laughs> I'm against the Lego sets. <laughs> yeah, I love the rest of it, but they're, the Lego sets They're are... just crossing the line. Uh-huh. Good, bad. I've been. Have I been sinning all this time or just being arrogant, etc.? Looking forward to the next show. I enjoy these a lot. Thanks. Hey. I think these fall. And I definitely agree with you that it falls in the fantasy category. It's it, it uses certain keywords that seem to trip up a lot of Christians, but they don't check it out for themselves. And, words like wizard, <laughs> yeah, and um, and all that. But it's all totally fake. It's not, you know, there's the rumors, oh, she studied the real thing to make sure. No, she didn't. No more than the Twilight lady (laughs) studied studied vampires vampires. (laughs) for the love. Those vampires like dancing flowers and sparkle. Yeah, sparkle (laughs) in the daylight. She's like, this is the worst vampire movie ever. (laughs) She's climbing trees like a chipmunk. (laughs) What the the mess? But anyway, Anyway. I read Harry Potter 
because I didn't want to be one of the bandwagon jumpers. My whole life I've seen Christians hate on He-Man, the Smurfs, Scooby-Doo, and it's like the things that were so evil are now okay. And so, you know, I, I just don't buy the pop culture hating Christian thing. I just don't get into it. I don't preach on it. I'm a children's pastor. I don't hate on it publicly. Here's my thing. Anything that makes you want to think, say, or do something wrong is wrong for you because there are all blatantly sinful things. There are blatantly okay things. And then there's the stuff that's just neither one. Like mm-hmm. a television, for example. People make a big deal out of having a TV in your house. Some people do. A TV is neither evil or good. It is neutral. Mm-hmm. And whatever you stream through it is harmful or beneficial. Okay. In the big picture, if you want to bring God into it, and I always like to, uh, what is going to bring you closer to God, further away, and then what isn't going to matter at all? Right. Riding your bike, not going to matter. Mm-hmm. Riding your bike away from your family and never coming back, harmful. <laughs> Pulls you away from God. Riding your bike with the family and a happy family And getting family some exercise towards your family, <laughs> towards God. Okay? <laughs> it's an extreme example, but I think it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and Harry Potter, in my opinion, it, it falls, you know, like Matrix. It's rated R. One of the few rated R movies that I thoroughly enjoy. Um, I, I watch that movie. At no time do I turn it off and say, I am in the Matrix. I'm going to learn Kung Fu by plugging something in the back of my head. I'm going to stab myself with a bicycle tire iron and I'm going to pump myself up with air. I don't do any of the, you know, the things that they, that, that sounds ridiculous, but that's exactly what the, the critics of people that haven't even seen Harry Potter would say. I'm going to watch people say Lemgarium Leviosa and I'm going to go out and get a stick in the backyard. I'm going to wave it at my dog and he's going to float around mm-hmm. and demons are going to enter through your nostrils, by the way. That's not going to happen. And there's no demons in Harry Potter, That's fine. I know. Yeah. But they're in Lord of the Rings, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get the inconsistencies. I am in favor of a Christian that would say, I don't believe fantasy is okay. I would support that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you and your family, that fantasy is inappropriate, you've got kids that can't seem to separate fantasy from reality, stay away. But my kids can watch Spider Man. And I'm going to tell you, in the 80s, remember the kids that were jumping off the roof because they'd see Superman? Mm-hmm. And they'd kill themselves because they thought they could fly. Mm-hmm. My kids will never be those kids. They're never going to shoot spinners out of their hands and go jumping off the roof because they know. And they'll even ask, Daddy, is that real? Is that real town? Is that real life? No, it's not. Daddy, is that real town? Is Freddy Krueger real? Yes, he is. Oh, my gosh. And we've got a deal worked out. If you don't go to bed, you're dead meat. <laughs> It's important. We do not let our kids watch Nightmare on Elm Street. I just want to put that out there. Okay, to bring the Bible into it, <laughs> oh, Christian people who are listening and shaking their heads and considering turning it off and not letting your children listen anymore. Before you shut your mind completely, listen to this. In Paul's day, he had an issue, and it was meat offered to idols. And there were people that felt just like you, that meat offered to idols was the worst thing in the stinking planet. And the equivalent today would be people that won't even watch Where's of Oz because there's a witch in it. And they're so sensitive to witchcraft, they don't even want to let it enter their home. And I respect that. That's fine. And Paul did too. But he also said that those who that doesn't bother, that don't know, that don't have issues, they should eat. But you shouldn't. So for, Harry, for you, Harry Potter is wrong. Because it also says whatever you can't do in good conscience, in other words, whatever is not of faith, is a sin for you. 
And that's not everything. It's not relativity. What it is, is in these things that don't matter, if you can't do it in good conscience, it is wrong for you. But if you can, and I can, then it's okay. Um, Murder? Not so. (laughs) Not okay. Uh, Another thing I would throw out there is um, that... uh, I don't think you should hate on anything that you haven't checked out for yourself. You, you come across looking like an well, idiot. See, but the, 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 the critics are going to say, well, I, I, I'm against um, sleeping around on my wife, and I'm going to stand for that, but I'm not going to go out and sleep with somebody. But it's a book. It's not. Right. It's common yeah. sense. And it's, you know, if you, if you have a good argument. But, and, and I challenge any parent out there to check this stuff out because your kids will grow up being – you know, tagging, you know, blaming God because they didn't get to do stuff right. that they can't really see anything wrong with here, if you're not careful about what you keep them from. Christian parents, here's the problem with your Christian kids and the reason why we're losing 85% of our kids. It's because when we overprotect them from the non-essentials, okay, we're not talking about evil. Kids don't even want to deal with evil. They don't want to get murdered. They don't want to be uh, hurt or anything. We're talking about the non-essential things that we make a big deal. When we keep them away from all exposure to any kind of negativity in this world and over shelter them and over protect them, all they end up seeing are the benefits of sin. Do you see that? My mom over protected me. And all I saw was how all these kids were getting together and going out and drinking and partying. And all I saw was that it was probably the funnest thing in the world because I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I never saw the after effects. I'm not saying and condoning that you let your kids go, but nobody ever exposed me to the negatives of the hangover. I didn't even know what that was or that people do stupid things while they're drunk that they never remember and they hate. And it's just only because they're connected to each other that they even can talk to each other afterwards because they all did something stupid and it's like a secret and it's, uh, uh, uh. And, 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 you know, drinking and driving and all these things that kids are attracted to but never get to see the end result. That's why they go crazy when they get out of high school. So go try it all. And they find out too late in many mm-hmm. cases that, oh, this is why my mom kept me away from this stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I'm not like, you know, throw your kid in the fireplace because that way they'll learn it's hot, but I might let her touch it. Mm-hmm. Without you know, with some with some help. Well, that's the thing, you know, pick your battles and yeah. uh, fight the stuff that really well, is going to matter. And we're talking to a middle school kid here, obviously, or a high school yeah. kid, but a very smart one. His name's Casey. He's been a long-time listener to some of my other shows, and him and his brother are both very smart kids, very uh, intelligent. And, um, yeah, I, it, you know, I read Harry Potter. I read Lord of the Rings. I read a lot of Christian books. I read a lot of self-help books that aren't Christian. I wear T-shirts that aren't Christian, meaning undershirts. <laughs> They're just blank. All my shirts are not Christian. See, that's what I'm saying. We had a lady at church one time. These churches, they had the sh- the church logo on the front. Do these have scriptures on them? No, no, they don't. Do your panties have scriptures on them? You know, not everything falls into one category or the other. Mm-hmm. That's my whole point. Your shoes are not Christian shoes. Nope. Are they okay? Yes, they don't detract from God, and they don't add to your relationship with Him. <laughs> just protect They're your just feet. just <laughs> shoes. You know, it's like the people that have to tag everything. The guy falls down in the street. He breaks his face, and he dies. Half the people are going to say, oh, that was God because he had hidden sin, and he was punishing him. The other people say, oh, that was the devil because he was on his way to do something good for God. And the truth is, dude just didn't tie his shoes that day. Not everything has 
a black or white answer, and I'm sorry that rattles your cage, but it's just true. A lot of times, as a matter of fact, one of the best theological answers I heard was from a guy named George Westlake, and somebody asked him some question, some deep theological question, and his answer was this, I don't know, the Bible doesn't say. And the Bible doesn't talk and about I Harry so, Potter. <laughs> I so respected that because there's so many people that feel like if they don't have an answer for everything, then it's not true. And the truth is, just like with our own children, there's a lot of things we have to say you have to wait till you're older. And some things we don't tell them at all. Mm-hmm. And God, surely looking down at his children, did the same exact thing. Is there life on other planets? Dang, that'd be cool. But I don't care. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. And if there is, God made them. So does it matter? Mm-mm. How does that how does that get me to heaven one way or the other? It doesn't. It doesn't undermine God if they're there. It doesn't. But but there are whole churches that won't let their kids see ET. Not because it's scary for kids. I mean, it's kind of scary. <laughs> Jenna for was kids. a little freaked out. Yeah, I thought she was ready, but the, a little it's bit the remake freaked. version. His face, <laughs> his CG face, freaks me out. He's too happy. I don't trust that little man anymore. His little wrinkly butt. When he was like an animatronic puppet or yeah. whatever he was. He was <laughs> like Yoda. <laughs> he was I was like, give him some Reese's. I don't even know what those are yet, but I'm going to get me some. And so did every kid in America. Yep. Uh, anyway, don't get me going, people. I know. Don't ask about pop culture. <laughs> well, don't ask. Yeah, because my mom was just so dang strict about it, and it didn't matter. And all I did was chase it. I know. It's all I did crazy. was chase it. I wanted it so bad. I used to sit and think, Why? Why is it back to the future? How do you get back to the future? <laughs> what do you do? How do you do that? And What's then, this about? And then when I finally get to go to the movie after I moved out, I go see Back to the Future 2. It was the first one I saw. And I was like, oh! But none That's of it made sense. The worst one to see first. Like, why is he down there and up in the thing and the bags and the guys? Mm. With the, oh, it was so confusing. But I did eventually figure it out. Good. But I got to see a hoverboard. That was cool. Yeah. But man, me and Jen were talking about it. We were looking up pictures of all the favorite, all the bands from our childhood. Cinderella, um, what a Bon Jovi. I mean, all these bands. The that, hair band, or the heavy metal. And, and Iron Maiden and all these guys. Because all we had seen were these horribly satanic looking album, album covers. covers on people's t-shirts <laughs> and backpacks. And there's jean, remember the jean jackets they used to wear mm-hmm. where the back panel would be the banner. And, and, you know, you just grow up hearing that it's demonic and evil and scary and bra. And I, I literally probably thought that that stuff had more power than God did well, because yeah. of the amount of fear that was the put in my backward heart. backward masking. Yeah, all that stuff, which has been proven to be absolutely bullcrap, by the way. So me and Jen are looking it up on Google Images, Cinderella, who else? Uh, 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 Def Leppard. I mean, all Mega these guys. Death, Megadeth. Iron Maiden. They're just... They're just old guys with, with, with hair. hair. <laughs> I expected everybody to look like Kiss with blood coming out of their eyes. Nope. No. They're not The only reason I knew what Kiss looked like is because of the lunchboxes when I was a kid. But, yeah, it's not even fr- – I was just like, let me see that. And then like, – because I lived in so much fear. Mm. My mom would play Joni. You don't even know who that is. <laughs> I don't think I've ever. Is she it the one? It was some Tammy Baker friend, you know, Did or Joni, something. Joni, is she the one that got in that no, accident? No, 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 no. Painted with her mouth. No, no. that's Joni Erickson Todd. <laughs> oh, okay. No, this was Dion or Donnie or Joni or something. She was a <laughs> singer with this horrible Kathy Fields haircut. And she would sing. And her voice scared me to death because Pavlov dogged it right into the demonic, you know? I was like, Joni had, Whoa. maybe she had backward masking in her. I bet she did. 
And then she would play the New Testament for me because apparently oh. that was going to keep all the demons at bay. How is that not witchcraft anyway? That's a scary voice. <laughs> it's like the magic spell will keep the demons away. Um, anyway, she would play this stuff for me. And he, the dude, it was like having Vincent Price read you a love story at night or something. It was like... In the beginning, <laughs> God created them. No, don't <laughs> let there be light. I don't want any light. He's all in the God voice. <laughs> it was terrifying. And you'd wake up in the middle of the night and they'd be talking about something David did. He was done snaking before the Lord. I was like, no. There's a man in Put your, your room. Put your stuff away. <laughs> It would mess up my dreams so bad. No wonder you don't sleep well. Just be glad I didn't invent Veggie Tales. That's all I'm saying. Because them stories would be going down a little different. Little boy falling asleep. He'd wake up in the fiery furnace. So, so yeah, it's a little bit of a hot topic for me. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the thing. Focus on God. If you're a Christian person, and and just teach your kids about what they get to do. What their job is. You know, the last thing Jesus said when he floated up to the sky wasn't stay away from Harry Potter and there's going to be a whole bunch of things called Pokemon later. Keep your kids away. He said, go in all the world and preach the gospel. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Go, teach them to observe all I've commanded and I'll be with you until the end of the age. He didn't, you know, he said to be in the world, not of the world. He didn't say to separate yourself from them completely and judge them from a distance and hold your salvation up like a trophy and judge everyone else. If you like what I'm saying, or if you hate it, I suggest you go to a website called gok.nlcast.com. That is my personal audio blog. And look up episode, I want to say 15. It's called Christians I Can't Stand, I think is what it's called. Or <laughs> Christians That Suck. Or, no, I think it's Christians I Can't Stand. And it's an hour long of me explaining to atheists that there are certain Christians we can't stand either. <laughs> And uh, we're trying our best to fix it all. But anyway, thanks, guys. Uh, I know this is really Christian-y for those of you that aren't into it. And uh, I wish I could apologize, but we, we are pretty Christian-y, just in a very practical way. Yeah, but we do read Harry Potter. Yeah, so cool points for the devil. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know what? You can ask your own questions at explicitanswers.com, or you can email us, explicitanswers at gmail.com. Look us on Facebook. Look us up on Facebook, rather. And like us. That would be awesome. You can leave us a review in iTunes and also find us there. Or you can give us a phone call, 2095-NLCAST. Tune in, chime in. Also, we want your not only your questions but your opinions and, uh, and your thoughts and feedback. We like opposing views, especially, um, you know, yours. So we'll see you guys next time. Peace out. The world. Wait, I have to play the famous loop. Alien autopsy. <laughs> it's over. Just like that. I got to get a real outro. That would be the best thing, probably. That's like, you just pushed another button. An alien autopsy. That's like breaking all kind of Christian rules. Oh, <laughs> Opened his skull. He's a quick op- autopsy. At he least. has three brains. <laughs> there must be no God. <laughs> My faith is shot. <laughs> <laughs> You're so wrong. Peace out.